I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Coinbase, Square, and others rally against FinCEN. Grayscale sells all of its XRP, and Anthony Trenchev, co-founder of Nexo, comes to talk about the Georgia runoff election and its impact on the crypto space coming up on the decrypt daily what's up everybody welcome to the show today is tuesday january 5th 2021 i think i said 2020 yesterday hilarious hilarious it's a whole year later anyway what's on my mind today is that a lot of people are coming into the space they're seeing a big raises and gains in cryptocurrency they're also seeing when you have pullbacks of 10% or more, which we've seen more like 30% in last bull runs. And people are getting a lot of nervous because of the volatility. Look, this is a hugely volatile market, but there's always going to be gains. There's always going to be losses. I'm going to go over to more reasons why that is later in this show. But in a nutshell is we have a low market cap. We're not even at a trillion market cap for all of cryptocurrency and a little bit over a half a trillion dollars for Bitcoin. We're at about maybe 600 billion right now. Any splashes, Michael Saylor putting $1.1 billion into Bitcoin is going to make huge ripples. Anybody pulling out a billion dollars is going to make huge ripples. I mean, in any stock where you have a market cap like that, you're still going to see big ripples because of these big movements. So just to keep that in mind, look at the flow of cryptocurrency. Look at what's happening, where it's going, what's coming in, what's coming out, and understand that that's going to make some waves. Now to those crypto prices. I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $32,172.79, up 0.6% from yesterday. Yesterday, we were trading a little bit below 31. Now we're a little bit above 32. We have been flopping back and forth from 32 to 31, 32 to 31. I went to bed. It was 31. Woke up. It was 32. Ethereum, 1,049.14, down 0.7% from yesterday. Litecoin, 154.52 154.52 down 1.2%. Chainlink 14.33 up 4.1%. And XRP 23 cents even down 2.5% from yesterday. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency we're looking at 876.7 billion dollars, which is up 1.4% from yesterday with a BTC dominance of 68.3%, falling about two points from yesterday. And here is Anthony Trenchev, co-founder of Nexo, talking the runoff election in Georgia. Happy New Year to you, Matt. Happy New Year to you, sir. Today, we're talking about Georgia's runoff election and what it means for the crypto space. Look, there's two possibilities. Either the Republicans are going to keep the uh, Senate or we're going to go for a full Democrat government in the United States. I want to know your opinion. What would happen if the Republicans keep the Senate and how would that affect the crypto space? Well, the beauty of crypto is it's it's anti-fragility. The uh, Republicans keep the Senate, crypto and Bitcoin wins. The Democrats uh, take it over. 
crypto and Bitcoin wins. So it's a win-win situation for us crypto folks. And this has to do with the macroeconomic picture, which is not going to change regardless of what anyone is telling you. The system is that addicted to credit and cheap money that they're not going to put the brakes on it anytime soon. And this just, you know, together with uh, uh, the institutional interest that we've seen in the past few months, just creates the perfect storm for crypto to go much higher from here. Well, you said the macro. What about the micro? You know, the micro is what scares a lot of people. Now, look, a lot of people say, well, they have to look look at the macro and, you know, zoom out a little bit on those charts. But, you know, when there is, you know, these, I guess, disruptions, either it's in the stock market, if it's uh, in the government, if it's a lockdown or different kind of regulations or even scares of regulations, it has some effect on the micro. What do you think the micro effect could be? Well, the micro effect will be that uh, a lot of people have a hard time uh, you know, making ma- uh, ends meet. And this has been going on for a few decades now. The truth to the matter is that the, the wealth gap uh, is splitting even further apart. So, you know, anyone in a position to dedicate even a fraction of their wealth into crypto should do so because it is a perfect hedge against what we see at the macro as well as the mi- micro level. And it is not too late to jump on the bandwagon. I said it before, crypto is your get out of a recession free card. And anyone uh, listening to your wonderful insights and your guests should be getting into crypto. That's the only way that you're going to survive the storm, which inevitably will come. And obviously, this show isn't financial advice. Uh, but do you think that, okay, so just say, hypothetical, the Democrats take the Senate. We're talking about a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and we have Biden, Kamala Harris in the White House. They're already saying that this latest round of stimulus is only the Kickstarter for more stimulus. And we're, they're saying maybe $3 trillion to $7 trillion more stimulus dollars being put into the economy. Is that good or bad for Bitcoin? It is very good for Bitcoin, uh, not so much for the general <laughs> population, perhaps. Um, and it's for the simple reason that this will get unevenly distributed. It will get allocated uh, you know, to the wealthy, to the companies, to, to the corporations. And you know, it will ultimately percolate a, por- a portion of it down to Bitcoin. But you know, the, the risk of runoff inflation is quite high. It's not going to happen a month from now, a year from now, but down the line. And, you know, those people who are not holding hard assets such as crypto will have a very difficult time adjusting. And, you know, there will be like a shakeup of the very foundation of how the financial system works. Really quick, and I just want to touch on this briefly. The U.S. Treasury said that stable coins are going to be thought of as SWIFT, ACH, and other ways to transact and store value. How bullish is that for crypto? Uh, it is bullish down the line. There might be some temporarily uh, turmoil. Actually, as the news uh, came out, like towards the end of December, there was just like a tiny correction on 5%, 5 to 10% in crypto is nothing. <laughs> you know, we're seeing wilder moves. Uh, so the market shook off that news. Uh, it is a fantasy that, you know, you breach, uh, reach a uh, trillion dollars in market cap of crypto and nobody's going to pay attention. Obviously, we'll have to go through 
the same standards as the banking sector in terms of know your customer policies, anti-money laundering, but that ultimately will clean up the space in the sense that it will allow institutions to come in en masse, and this is what will drive both adoption and prices ultimately much higher. Anthony Trenchev, co-founder of Nexo, thank you for coming on and talking politics with me. Anytime. And in the news today, Coinbase, Square, and other major crypto companies have rallied against crypto regulations proposed by FinCEN, or the U.S. Financials Crime Enforcement Network. If you remember, just before the Christmas holidays, the U.S. Treasury announced new restrictions that would require relevant companies to file cryptocurrency transaction reports and verify the identities of customers who use unhosted crypto wallets. Unhosted, Jameson Lop tweeted, don't know what the hell that is, nobody calls it that, but we're just saying that maybe it's not hosted by the companies themselves, but your own personal wallets, like maybe a ledger account or a treasure account or your own private keys. FinCEN claims that these changes will help stop illicit finance citing examples where cryptocurrencies were used for fraud or illegal activities. As a result, after a 15-day period for public comments, FinCEN has received over 6,000 responses. Coinbase argues that the 15-day period for public comments is unjustified, and the period for public consultation should last up to 60 days. Also, the proposed regulation is impermissibly vague and imposes unnecessary expansive privacy invasions to the public and it fails to provide what the benefits are. Here's my opinion. My opinion is that regulations are necessary. Sure, we don't want them ad hoc. We don't want them just thrown to the wall to see what sticks, and we don't want them rolled out with no consideration to the emerging tech, the industry, the innovation, or what's gonna fuel the next generation of the economy. But regulations are coming, they're inevitable, and with regulations makes the crypto space more safe for us, more safe for institutional investors, more safe for investment in general, and easily scalable, and more easily scalable for innovators, entrepreneurs, existing companies, and governments to integrate them into their systems. No matter what, regulations are coming. So no matter your personal philosophy, whatever you think the ethos of cryptocurrency should be, regulations are coming. How do they roll out? That is the question. Ethereum 2.0 staking protocol now holds over 2.2 million F. The amount staked is now worth over $2.3 billion at Ethereum's current price of $1,049. However, keep in mind, the asset itself rose over 43% in the past week, meaning that the figure may change if prices go down. Isn't this a far cry from wondering if F 2.0 would even launch on time? <laughs> if we were wrong, never doubt F. Never doubt F. The Korean kimchi premium is in full effect what is the kimchi premium let's see if i got it right and let me try to explain the kimchi premium is when bitcoin is trading at higher prices than everywhere else in korea or on korean exchanges for example if you see on binance and coinbase bitcoin trading at thirty thousand dollars there's usually a little bit of a markup on korean exchanges like bitthumb maybe four percent five percent even up to six percent or more so you might see Bitcoin on the Korean exchanges opposed to what you're seeing globally. Everybody's wondering why this happens. Is it because Koreans are buying more Bitcoin at higher prices that they don't really care? They're just trying to get in? Well, no. Everybody's saying that it's because of the Bitcoin to Korean won trading pair being more predominant in Korea compared to the Bitcoin dollar pair. And the exchange difference between the won and the US dollar is making the price difference. 
some would see this as good opportunity for arbitrage. Arbitrage meaning that you see that there's a big spread between the price of Bitcoin from one exchange to another, and you're buying and selling between those two exchanges. For example, if you see you buy it for $30,000 at one exchange and sell it for $31 on another exchange and make $1,000 on that transaction. Well, minus, of course, the fees to send it over to the exchange and the maker and taker fees, but you make money off of that arbitrage. However, it's hard to sign up for Korean exchanges, and since most things are done in the yuan, it's also another harder on-ramp, so it's not really worth the price. Speaking of arbitrage, take a look at some markets that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is more impactful on their economies. Venezuela, Zimbabwe, among others, even Iran or Nigeria, you might see Bitcoin's price be very high. And if you can get your Bitcoin to an OTC market or to exchange and say Zimbabwe, you might make a lot of money just by selling your Bitcoin in a market where Bitcoin is trading higher. But that's the kimchi premium. The fact that Bitcoin trades a little bit higher in Korea than anywhere else. Why kimchi? Because it's a side dish. It's just kind of like pops over in the, on the side there. You're going to have your main course and a little kimchi. Digital asset manager Grayscale Investments sold all of its XRP in its digital large cap fund at the end of December, according to the statement today. XRP amounted for about 1.5% of the fund. Grayscale sold all of its XRP to purchase Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. That's another blow for XRP. I have a tax episode coming for you either Thursday, Friday this week or Monday of next week. Basically, just to go over all of the things that you have to look out for in your taxes. Basically, a 101 on crypto taxes so you can come into filing your taxes with a little bit more knowledge. One thing I'm going to go over in that tax episode, but I'm also going to mention here, is the IRS released revised draft instructions for the 1040 on December 31st. These instructions clarify that the U.S. tax filers who purchased cryptocurrency in 2020 must indicate they did so on the 1040. I remember talking about this on October 23rd, which was sort of iffy. We didn't know about it, but it is now confirmed that you're going to have to mention that you bought cryptocurrency in 2020 on your 1040. And finally, JP Morgan. Oh, JP Morgan. They've called for a long-term Bitcoin price target of over $140,000 based on the assumption that cryptocurrency will grow in popularity as an alternative to gold. However, they say analysis argue that Bitcoin's price volatility needs to drop for institutions to make large allocations. They say the convergence of Bitcoin and gold volatilities is a multi-year process and suggests that the $146,000 plus target is a long-term objective. So here's my thing with this is I don't disagree with them, but I also don't agree with them. The total crypto market cap, as we just said today, is around $870 billion, which is roughly the price of Tesla stock right now, or the market cap of Tesla. And we have a global system of money being allocated to cryptocurrency. How are you going to stop the volatility unless you gain market cap? Look, you need an ocean to absorb those impacts of big whales jumping around in that ocean, right? If you put a whale in a swimming pool, you're going to feel it. Actually, I don't think a whale will fit in a swimming pool. If you put a whale in, I don't know, an Olympic swimming pool, maybe they'll fit in that. You're going to feel if that whale jumps out of the water and splashes back in. It's going to be ridiculous. But you're not going to even notice that the whale is jumping in the ocean. That's kind of like the Bitcoin price right now. Look, do you think that there would be volatility, massive volatility in Tesla stock if you had the weight of the world allocating funds to that stock? Or... A lot of people through PayPal and Venmo and these other handheld devices now putting $50,000, dollars $1,000 at a time into Tesla stock? Of course you would. MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor allocated $1.1 billion to Bitcoin. 
Don't you think that if that was the same case to Tesla stock, you would also see volatility and people moving money in and moving money out? The thing is, Bitcoin's market cap is only around $600 billion right now. The total market cap for all of cryptocurrency is around $870 billion. So when big banks and big institutions are allocating a billion at a time to Bitcoin and crypto, you're going to see volatility. And it's going to take all of these people to weather out that volatility, put a billion, two, three, five, ten, twenty, thirty billion dollars at a time into cryptocurrency, grow that market cap up to something that could absorb the market and the fluctuations and the investments and the takeouts and the cash outs and the reallocations of funds easier than just the small market cap that we have right now. JP Morgan's not wrong, but if they think that they're going to get cheap Bitcoin or cheap cryptocurrency prices with less volatility by waiting, no. What they're going to do is they're going to wait until that market cap grows, until there's less and less volatility, and they're going to be buying Bitcoin at $300,000, which could be good. Depends on what reasons they're buying that Bitcoin. If it's to allocate your 401k into Bitcoin, well, obviously you do not want that much volatility in your 401k or your retirement plans. But if you're just talking about investing and getting those gains, making that money or the returns for your customers to wait, we don't even know what the future of that's going to look like. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Don't forget to go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a comment, like, subscribe, and share. It helps everybody get the crypto news. During this time of $32,000 Bitcoin, you need the news. You need the Decrypt Daily. And me, Matthew Aaron. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling, everybody.